Hey guys, this is Josh, back with Cardboard Chronicles. Today I have a little bit of a different episode. Uh, I don't have an interview set up today, I just got back from National a couple days ago, so I thought I'd do something a little different and give you guys a recap of what I encountered at National, um, show you guys some of the cards that I picked up, some experiences that I had, walk you through that, and also answer some questions that you guys might have about going next year possibly. Um, I know I had a lot of questions going into it and I was able to pick up some uh, some knowledge while I was there the last couple days. So I went out Wednesday uh, in the afternoon and I got there about 6 Cleveland time. And then I got back to where I'm at here in Arizona on Friday night. So it was a pretty short trip. I was only there, you know, three days, like 48 hours total. Um, I think next year I'll probably end up going a little bit longer, but it was still a good amount of time to get a lot of stuff done, see a lot of cool people. So I'll just walk you through a list of uh, topics that I have about the, the National and hopefully it'll help you guys out for next year. Um, so one thing that I thought about a lot beforehand and I know a lot of people ask is what cards do I bring? Um, that one's tough. It kind of depends on what your goal is. For me, I wasn't planning on selling any of my cards, so it was a little bit tougher of a decision. So I decided to bring everything I had and I ended up being glad that I did because one of the main things about National is hanging out with everybody and showing off your collections to each other. And that ended up being one of the highlights of the trip for me, just sitting down with other collectors, showing my cards off, um, you know, taking a look at what everyone else had, sharing stories about the cards. It's a really nice um, starter for conversation and it, it makes it a lot more fun that way as opposed to just showing each other your flicker or whatever. But I, I would warn that if you do not want to sell your stuff, to be careful about what you bring. Um, people are going to find out you have it and you're going to get offers and it's it can turn into a pressure situation if you're not ready to sell. Um, and, you know, the dealers will actually sense what cards you have and they'll start asking you what other cards you have and it, and it can snowball pretty quick. So just be cautious of that and keep the cards close to you if, you, if you're not wanting certain people to know what you brought. Um, storage. People asked me about that, and I was unsure as well. So I brought, I ended up bringing a backpack, and then I brought just this like dome box. I told a couple other people about it. It's pretty nice. It, uh, I just held all my cards. I brought, I just filled this is with everything that I had, filled it up to the brim, and then put that in my backpack. And then I got like a lock for my backpack, and that worked out well. I saw a couple other guys had rolling bags which I think I'll do next year I thought for some reason I thought like having rolling bags it wouldn't be as close to me and it made me more nervous but it worked out great for a lot of guys and after a while my shoulders started to hurt with the backpack so I'd probably go with the rolling bag what days should you go so I like I said I went Wednesday and then I was there all day Thursday all day Friday and I left Friday at the end of the show to go home I think that's a pretty good amount of time I would probably recommend at least one more day um, if you can, I would go as early Wednesday as you can. That's when the show first opens and you'll be able to get those early deals. And, you know, if some of the cards that you're looking for go in the first couple hours, you, you might miss out on some big stuff. So I would recommend going Wednesday and then probably through Saturday. I don't know, you know, what happened on Saturday and Sunday, so I can't speak to that. I just know that I would have liked to have one more day. And based on what I've seen on Instagram and stuff, Sunday was kind of a slower day. So I would recommend Wednesday through Saturday. Uh, three nights is probably about the sweet spot. Um, one other thing I would mention is that try to go with a friend. Um, so Adam, the 27 guy, and I, we sort of like accidentally um, just like worked our way into go ended up going together and staying at the hotel. Uh, I met up with him at the hotel and 
ended up being really great. Um, we hung out a lot. We talked cards the first night we were there a lot. We went to the show together every day. You know, we shared an Uber. Uh, ended up going back to the airport at the same time. So it worked out really well. Um, we actually saw a guy at the airport who we were talking to him on the way out, and he said that he didn't have as much fun as he usually did because he went by himself. Um, and he said it was just kind of a bummer, like eating dinner by himself, you know, traveling by himself, going to the show by himself. He said it wasn't as much fun. So if you can, try to find a buddy to pair up with, at least like at least one other guy, maybe like three or four, and try and stay at the same hotel. It just makes the whole experience a lot more enjoyable to have another collector with you as opposed to just, you know, only seeing people at the show itself. Everything around the show, getting to it, you know, the before and after is all part of the experience. So I would try and get someone else that... Um, you know, you can share that with, I know, I know Adam and I had a great time, so he'd probably tell you the same thing. So when we got to the show, the first daunting thing you run into is just the actual size of the show itself and how many aisles there are booths. It's, it's pretty daunting. So when you get there, um, figure out like what you want to see and what booths you want to try to hit. I know Adam and I tried to hit every single booth just because it was our first one. We tried to just actually see everything. So with that, we just like went up and down the aisles, um, and that's very difficult to do as well. You get distracted, you see people, you hit a booth you get stuck at, and you kind of just get lost. So try to figure out the layout of the floor in the first few minutes you're there and figure out where everything is. Uh, usually like the first two-thirds of it, basically, are going to be vintage baseball because the priority of the tables is set by uh, how long you've been setting up at the show. So the people at the front have been there a long time, so they have sort of the, you know, the older baseball stuff. And then as you work your way back, you get into the basketball and football stuff, uh, which is what, you know, I was looking for basketball stuff. So most of my sweet spot was in the, you know, after the halfway point and then all the way back. So figure out what your priority is in terms of what you're looking for. You may end up just sticking to a certain area of the show floor and that's okay. But if you are trying to hit everything, um, you, you can be pretty quick with it depending on what you're looking at. I didn't look any through any of the dollar box stuff and I know a lot of guys do. And that takes a lot up, up a lot of your time, so just be aware of that. So go into it having a plan. Uh, I knew this was coming, and I'd, I'd seen a lot of other tips, um, you know, telling you to do this. So what I did was I actually made a photo album on Google Photos just on my phone, and I took, you know, I found Google Images screenshots, or I went to other people's Flickr accounts and got card pictures of cards that I wanted, and then I put all that in an album of you know my wants, and then I put down. Prices that I was hoping to pay for those or, you know, the, the top dollar that I would pay for that card. So I, I just went through PWCC's uh, database to search the last sales of the cards, eBay's last sale, and gathered up some information of what I figured was a fair price and then also, like, what's the max I'm willing to pay? Because the prices at National are um, quite a bit higher than what you're used to seeing. Uh, part of that's because, you know, they're expecting you to negotiate it down and some of it's just people showing off. So... Be ready to have a price in mind. You don't want to get up there and then have to pull out your phone and go through eBay and everything. It'd be nice to have like a list of everything you want, know what you're looking for, and, and it makes the deals a lot quicker and a lot smoother. And the next thing that I'll hit on is what I consider to be the most important part of the show, at least for me it was, set aside a lot of time to talk with other collectors. Um, there'll probably be people that you're expecting to meet there. Um... I would just set aside like at least like two or three hours every day to meet up with those people, either, you know, message them on Instagram, Facebook Messenger, whatever you have to, to meet up with people. 
go to where there's like tables over by like the food court area or wherever you can find open tables and just hang out and talk with the people. Um, that's really where I have the best memories of, of national so far. And that was my best experience was I met up with double X, the beast, Michael, we chatted for a while and his friend, Andy, um, those guys, we just talked for like an hour about what cards they had. Um, I got to see a lot of what Andy had. He's looked at my cards. We know we basically know already, already what each other had, but it was cool to just see it in person, see each other, hang out. Um, I talked with Hardcore Heroes on Instagram. We talked for a while. I looked through all of his cards. That was really cool. Another one I had was Rorgan. Uh, he's another Penny PC guy on Instagram. We talked for a while, um, just talking about Penny Hardaway himself, and he's actually met him a bunch of times. So we had a, we had a really great chat there. Um, he even like gave me a card for free, which was awesome. I wasn't expecting that. We just, we just talked for a long time and I looked through all of his cards and it was really great. Um, I wish I would have done more. I mean, I met, I met up with a couple other guys like Grant Slayton. We didn't have enough time to chat and look at each other's cards and I wish we would have set aside more time. So definitely like make time for that and plan it with whoever you're hoping to meet up with there, set aside time with them and figure out how to get that done. Cause it ends up being a really great experience and it's the best part of the show in my opinion. So really set aside time for that. I can't stress that enough. Um, so I was touching on earlier about what cards to bring. So I just want to hit on it a little bit more. If you don't want to sell something, um, and you're really, it really is locked in your PC and you don't even want to like listen to offers, do not bring those cards out in front of dealers because I had a couple tables where, um, I was looking at some LeBron cards and I was interested in a few. So I would, I'd actually like pull out my PC and show like, Hey, I'm looking for something like this, or, you know, here's basically what I have. Do you have something similar, you know, to give them an idea of what I collect. And then it would turn in, it basically immediately reversed into, Oh, I see what you have. Let's buy this stuff off of you instead. And they weren't even like focused on selling me anything. And that really was frustrating for me because then I had to be like, well, I'm not selling and I'm hoping to buy. And then they were turned off by me, you know, not being open to trade or sell and they were frustrated and they'd move on. So just be careful of that. Um, some dealers, you know, won't be that way and they'll just enjoy looking at your cards and chatting about it, but some dealers won't and it's really straight to business. So just be, be mindful of that. I know I had a couple iffy experiences with dealers, but that's a little bit on me as well for you know, wanting to show people cards and really that's not what the dealers are there for. So just be, be mindful of that and be respectful of their time. So, uh, I'll learn from that next time. And that's why I said also, you know, set aside time for showing your cards off to other collectors. Cause that's what they're, that's what they're for They're You know, the dealers are there for different reasons. So just be careful of that. And they'll actually like some dealers are a little bit overly aggressive and like grabbing your cards and, you know, organizing them and, and throwing out numbers really quick and it, and it can all happen pretty fast. So just be ready for that. I, next time I'm if I'm going to a dealer booth, I'm really going to keep my stuff in my bag. And if I am willing to trade or sell something, I'll have that closer to me, you know, ready to put out on the table. But most of the stuff's going to stay in my bag unless I absolutely have to get it out. Um, let's see. One thing I noticed, uh, this isn't the fault of anyone individually or as a group, but the, the hangouts at night weren't very well planned. Um, so I would I would try to organize if, if you have a large group of people you're wanting to hang out with at night either dinner or, you know, getting drinks or whatever it might be. Um, try to plan that just because a lot of time gets wasted on like, where are we going? Where are we meeting? So if you can plan that ahead of time, that'd be great. You know, say like, we're all going to meet at spot X for dinner and drinks. And then we're going to go do this. If it's all planned out, just because when you're there, everything's kind of hectic and you don't really like 
want to spend your time planning out things, things like that. You really just want to focus on, you know, looking, making sure you look at all the cards, talking with other guys. It's a really short amount of time. Time goes by fast. So try to plan everything out in terms of like what you're doing at night uh, beforehand. I know, I think I'll probably try to lead something like like that next year and, and get things more organized. That's part, partly just my personality. I like it organized, but I think it saves everybody a lot of time and makes it more enjoyable uh, for the rest of the day. Um, next, take a lot of pictures with collectors. Um, I hung out with Rodman Martinez a lot, Rodman PC. Check out his Instagram. He's got some sick stuff. Um, he took pictures with like everybody, and I'm now looking back at his Instagram, I'm really jealous. I took a lot of pictures um, with other collectors, but not as much as I should have. I should have actually just gotten pictures with everybody. I know Kiki does this, um, Croatian Twins. He spends a lot of time making sure he gets in his pictures and gets in those moments with all those people. And that's really important, especially looking back, you know, after the trip, it's nice to have all those pictures on hand that you can, you know, remember who you met, um, you know, what you guys talked about at at all. Like the pictures really remind you the best. So props to Rodman for that. And I'm in a lot of his pictures, thankfully. So thanks for getting those pictures that I can have. Um, one thing that I wasn't sure was going to happen, but, um, I think everyone should try to do is try to meet new people while you're there. Try to, if there's someone that you know that you've seen online or maybe like a, you know, a large presence in the community that you're maybe like afraid to talk to or someone that you know, just go up to them and say, Hey, um, I did this with a couple guys. I know I've been, um, I've been watching what Eric's been doing by nice cards. Shout out to, to Eric. He's got a great setup. Um, he's got a great business he's running right now. I'm really I'm really impressed with what he has. Um, so I, I walked by his table a couple times and uh, struck up conversation with him. That ended up being really great. He's an awesome guy. Uh, I know we've had some dealings through eBay that weren't like 100% smooth, and that happens with a lot of guys. So just seeing them in person and talking with them ends up changing your opinion of everybody. Um, I know there's other guys that had experiences like that where you know, they had some sort of riff on blood or whatever it is, and they met in person and it was all good. So I think everyone has positive intent or everyone should, you know, go into it with a positive, um, mindset of who they're meeting and who they've had experiences with online. So it's, it's cool to just see everybody in person. So go out of your way to say hey to somebody. Um, a lot of people did that with me because of the channel and stuff. And I thought that was really great. I love just talking with everybody. So do, do the same thing. You know, everyone's there to have a good time. So just go out of your way and try to meet someone new. Maybe maybe you, something great comes out of it. Maybe you strike up some sort of deal that you weren't expecting or whatever it is. So I would spend some time doing that. It's uh, It always ends up being a good thing. Um, another piece of advice is just have fun. Um, there's going to be people you run into where you have a bad encounter, whether it's a dealer, another collector. There's going to be some bad encounter. Just brush it off and move on. And the big thing here is to have your group of of people that you're there with or that you're friends with and just stick with that group really like I know I'm saying like branch out and meet new people and stuff but if you do have a bad encounter and you're just like looking for your just have your home base like know where you want to go back and just like find your buddies and brush it off and be be there to have fun because like it's not just you that wants to have fun there's almost everybody there is there to have fun Um, so find that group of guys that you're willing to spend a lot of time with make a home base and um because I know I, ha- I had one pretty bad experience, and I went right back to Justin's table, um, 610 Sports Cards. I went back to his table where kind of everyone congregates. You know, Joe, SP Authentic was there. Kiki was there a lot of the day. Um, Matt, MGo Blue, Nick, 
uh, a lot of guys, I'm, I know I'm missing some guys, sorry. Um, but uh, that's kind of where we all like went back to home base and I went back there and explained the story and everyone's like, yeah, whatever, man, like just get back out there, have fun. Don't worry about it. You know, that guy's a prick, whatever. Um, so it's nice to have that group, you know, to fall back to. So try to, try to set that up if you can. Um, and just remember like, this is all for fun. It's all, car- it's just cardboard in the end. It's, I know the money sort of like dominates in the end. Um, but just remember you're there to have fun, find cardboard, talk sports. It's really, that's what it comes down to. So focus on that if you can. Um, I ended up going to the trade night. I wasn't sure if I was going to go and I, I'm glad I did. Um, me, uh, Adam, Rodman, Joe, Justin, I think that's everybody. Uh, we went to the trade night and it ended up being really awesome. Um, we met some insanely impressive uh, young men there. There were kids that were 15 years old, 16 years old, 20 years old that had better collections than I do, which frankly I wasn't expecting, but it's it's pretty impressive what some of these kids have. And I know Rodman made an Instagram post about it, just like how impressed he is with with the young gener- with the younger generation of collectors, and you know that the future of collecting is in good hands. And I couldn't agree more. These kids are. They really know their stuff, and at first I, I was expecting, uh, I met Adam, um, I'm blanking on his instance, Rips Cards, sorry, shout out to Rips Cards, I, I sat next to him for a while, and I, I, uh, I, I just figured like, oh, he'll have, you know, some cool stuff, let's take a look, and he opened up his box, and I was like, wow, you know, take a look at his Instagram, he's got some insane stuff, and um, I was just really impressed by him, also Card Collector 291, I hung out with him, um, he, Rodman, Adam, and I hung out the second night, and we all talked cards like the whole night, and it was great. And uh, Mike, he knows Card Collector 291. He knows a lot of stuff, too. He's just got a ton of knowledge, and I was just blown away by the young collectors. So get out to trade night if you can. Um, see what the young kids are doing. Um, trade night was set up. It was great. Um, card Collector 2, that was just really well set up by him and the Instagram folks. I was really impressed. Uh, Adam and I commented that, 27 guy we commented that um the name tags were just like a great simple idea that we should try to do for the entire main convention itself it just it made it a lot easier to like figure out who everybody was and there wasn't that weird awkward moment of like who are you what's your handle you kind of just got through that phase quick so that was really great the trade night itself was was really cool i would i would recommend that if you could make it to it and finally i will just go through my pickups i know people want to see some cards so i'll show off what i grabbed um and then also a really cool pickup story that uh, Adam shared on Blowout, but I'll just I'll explain it here. So first I met up with Brian Wells, another penny collector, and we sort of struck a deal before National, but I'll just show what what the deal was. He got me three Penny Hardaway Legacy cards. Oops, let me get it so you can actually see it. So this is 98, 99, row one. This is a cool card, number to 99. Really great card there. This is 9899 row two. Again, nice card here. I've been looking for these for a while and I didn't have this one yet. And then, oops, 96, 97 row two. Another great legacy card. So I picked up three legacies from Brian. Thanks, Brian. Uh, Brian's always really easy to deal with, great guy. So if you need Penny Hardaway stuff, that's the best one to get it from. And then he also got me the Star Quest Gold. This one's number 200, 98.99 upper deck. 
I've been looking for this one for a long time. There's always been some overpriced ones on eBay that I've just stayed away from. This one's numbered to 100, but it's still like super tough to find. And Brian, I'll tell you, these are always in terrible condition. And this one's really nice. So thanks for this one, Brian. I think we did, you know, we came up with a good price and fair deal, and it was really quick. I met up with him and got that done pretty quick. So the number one card that I was going for, um, I knew that uh, Don Danielle, uh, the LeBron collector on Instagram, had this card, and I knew he was bringing it, and he knew I wanted it. So uh, we started talking about it pretty early on, on the first day that I was there, and then we talked about it, came up with some numbers. I thought about it the first night, and then Thursday came back with cash in hand, ready to make the deal done. So I'm really happy to announce that I did pick this guy up. Um, this was number one on my want list for quite a while now. Um, it's just an amazing auto. Really nice, clean design. The 23, it's got hollow foil around it. The auto is really slick and nice looking. It's numbered to 23. There's the back. Um, he had a graded BGS 9. I cracked it out. I'll do PSA. Hopefully get a PSA Mint 9. I just I like the PSA cases better, and it's consistent with my collection, so... Thanks, Don. Um, really great deal again. We ended up chatting for a while about LeBron stuff. He's an awesome guy. Uh, we had some good laughs, and we hung out for a while, and I got to look at all his stuff, which was a lot of fun. So I really cherish that moment. Um, we got some good pictures of the deal, and he knows how much I love this card. He knows how much, um, you know, how big of a Le- LeBron collector I am. So he was happy to get that into my PC and making sure it gets into another LeBron collector's hands. The next one... Um, Joe and Justin had this card, and I went to the show knowing I'd probably buy one of theirs, and um, Joe got a good offer on his, sold one of his, and then Justin had two of these, actually, and then he got a great offer on one of his cards, sold that, so then it was kind of like my last chance on Friday to uh, get get the deal done with the third and final one, so I did. Cash offer, Justin, shout out to you, man. You got me an amazing deal. I... Definitely underpaid for this one. I won't say how much, so I really appreciate it, Justin. Um, I won't forget that. This is an amazing card. It was in an older BGS slab, and I cracked it out. We talked about that before. He knew I was going to crack it. Um, It looks a lot cleaner for me now outside the BGS case. I I like it in in the magnet, and the auto looks a lot cleaner. The BGS case was just a little bit older, and it was a little bit cloudy, so it was hard to see, but now that I've got it out, I'm super excited about this one. This one's numbered to 99. Really amazing set. Um, I know Rodman will show off a card that he got from that set that he was pumped about. So we both got our chronologies. Sorry, I will explain what it is. It is the 2007-2008 Upper Deck Chronology Timeless Memories series. And this is depicting LeBron going for a slam uh, against Detroit Pistons in that 48-point epic Game 5 in Detroit. So I got my two LeBron autos, I got my Legacies, I got my StarQuest Gold, um, picked up a couple other, I got the card from Rorgan, so I got that that card as well, it was a penny that I needed for my PC. The last one was, um, so I was just talking with another collector, walking around, I don't remember exactly what I was doing, but Adam, 27 guy, texted me and he says, hey, I found the card of the show for you, get over here right now, aisle 20, 2000 or whatever it was. So I saw his text and immediately like ran over to where he was, saw him, and Adam was just sort of like subtly like motioning towards the card, and I was like, like what, what are you looking at? He's like the penny in the corner, like you know, trying not to like make a big deal of it, so the you know the dealer you know didn't know that I was like 
you know, would freak out if I saw it. And I saw it, and he's Adam's like, I'll just I'll let you guys figure out a deal. I'll, I'll meet you over here later. So I was talking to the dealer, threw out a price. He came back with another price. I came back with another. We sort of like went back and forth for a little bit. It didn't. It was probably not more than thirty seconds. Came up with a price I thought was fair. Um, so I'll just show you guys what it is. It's the 1994 Topps Finest Lottery Prize Refractor, Test Refractor. So if you don't know what this is, this is an insanely rare 90s card. I was reading about it the other day, and apparently Topps had made, you know, there's a ton of these in the non-refractor. They printed a ton of these, but they they made a few of the refractor variations as a test. And I guess they like accidentally inserted some of these in the packs, and then once they, once Tops found out that these were getting out into packs, they stopped them. So the rumor is like five to ten of these copies got into packs of each player. So there's these are just like super tough to find. Adam was texting me today like, dude, this thing is like tougher to find than PMGs. So really awesome card. Um, the centering's not the best, but that's I don't even care. Like. It's still got the peel, which is amazing. Like the history and the story behind this card is incredible. So I was really happy to pick this up. It was like my needle in the haystack. And I think this is why you go to national, even though you may not find everything you're looking for and not everyone's going to land some awesome, have some awesome story like this, but just the unknown of national is why you go and you might hit it big with something like this. I thought I got a great deal on it. I don't know what these go for. They're so rare. I don't think anyone can pinpoint. There's no like market value. So I just, I paid what I thought was right, and now I have this incredible card that I've never seen before, ever on eBay, in person, Instagram. I've never even seen one, and now I have one. So that was just kind of my... That's that's all I got in terms of cards. It's I know it it's a lot. I, you know, I did pretty well. Um, I'm really happy with the pickups that I made. Not everyone's going to have this sort of success, and I understand that. So only one of these was with a dealer and that was the refractor. The rest were people that I knew, you know, that would be there. They would have these cards anyway. So that's again, why I keep stressing, you know, meeting up with other collectors, getting to know everybody. That's the important part of it. And it ends up, that's how I got my cards anyway. So it was a, it was a win-win in that situation. So there are, there's cards that you guys will find at dealers that you'll like. Um, just for me, the prices were too high. I didn't want to move on any of them. And the cards that I bought from people I knew ended up getting me the better deal. I felt more comfortable with the deals, so it made the whole experience a lot more enjoyable for me. So that's all I got, guys. If you guys have any questions about other things at National or you guys have any other stories you want to share about your experiences, hit me up. Uh, comment on YouTube. Hit me up on Blowout. Um, Johnson 814 Hit me up on Instagram. You guys know where to find me. Um, see you guys next time. See ya. I, got some, I do have some monster interviews coming up. So I'll tease you for that. I've got some really great interviews in the next couple of weeks lined up. So uh, that's all I got. See ya.